1: Hello and welcome to the Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool-headed, nuanced conversations of the tech world and beyond. Well, we are very lucky today because the world's best tech journalist is joining us for an hour-long conversation about the world of tech. We'll talk a little bit about the way that she does interviews in her business and then round it out. You know, maybe looking at some optimistic things about tech. We don't hear about that too often, so I'll ask her about it. Kara Swisher is in the studio with us while technically zooming in from Washington, D.C. Welcome, Kara. Great to have you here.
0: Thanks. Thanks for being here. I'm not the best, but go ahead. Move along.
1: Oh, I don't know, Carrie. I'm, Kara, I'm your the tracker. longest it's running. How about otherwise. that? The best over the longest
0: period of time <laughs> okay. would be the only thing Sounds I'll
1: Sounds good. Consistently good. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And uh, you have a conference coming up. It's called Pivot MIA with Scott mm-hmm. Galloway, February 14th to 16th. It's going to be in Miami. Not too late to register. So yeah, I encourage people yeah. to so go for, check it's our it first out. year.
0: So it's sort of like the first year of yeah. code, which was twenty years ago, if you can believe it. Um, so we're trying to form something new and different, a little more future facing, a little more uh, on topics like crypto and NFTs and where finance and media are going mm-hmm. and stuff like that. More like what Pivot talks about. And it's gonna be funnier and a little sexier, probably. I guess it's <laughs> Miami. How can you not be?
1: Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, and I I do love the um the duo of you and yeah, Scott pair, uh, together. We? Scott's been on the show. Yeah, it's it's always fun to listen to you guys. So I'm sure the live event will be you know yeah just as or exciting. We're just more. totally
0: awkward. Anyway, we'll see.
1: Okay. <laughs> I know we're trying so. our best. Yeah, we're it'll trying be fun. Our best to be entrepreneurial. Right. i entrepreneurial. Mean, yeah, we'll get to it in the second segment, but I love, uh, one of the things that I love about watching your career is, is that you, you know, you are experimental and are willing to try different things where, you know, in the journalism industry, it's a lot of like do the same and, uh, you know, uh, well, we'll talk about it in the okay. second segment. But you did mention crypto, so why don't we start sure. with that? Um, we have this big headline that there was a couple that was arrested and $3.6 billion of Bitcoin that was illicitly obtained and they were trying to launder mm-hmm. it. Um, was seized, all alleged right now, but doesn't look very good for this couple. My perspective is that this is maybe a good thing for Bitcoin. I saw a lot of people who are pro-Bitcoin tweeting the Justice Department's line that Bitcoin is no safe haven for criminals. Obviously, they tracked down the people who um, had stolen this money with the blockchain.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, there are just some people who might say this is bad for the, you know, because it makes it seem like criminals use Bitcoin. But again, the fact that they were caught, probably a good thing. What's your perspective?
0: know, uh, yeah, reminds me of the early Internet is it bad or good or is it misused by Mm -hmm. malevolent players? Sure. Uh, All these technologies are. So is the telephone. You know, I'm not comparing it to the telephone because this is quantumly more powerful and difficult to track. But I think when you're, the problem is a lot of the early Bitcoin acolytes, they could do no wrong. It could do no wrong. And that's not true. All these technologies have their various pluses and minuses. And I think one of the things to keep in mind that the the, the first internet was full of grifters, like full of grifters. And actually, Michael Wolfram a very good book about this. Um, He even called him, sort of was was calling himself a grifter in a lot of ways um, that the book he wrote. Um, And so it was like that then. And, you know, you've seen, you know, different various Ponzi schemes and various things, you know, AOL got in trouble for round tripping, um, you know, all the way up until today with these social platforms being gamed by malevolent players. And so this is not a fresh new idea that technology gets abused. Um, I think you've got to look at the what it's happening and separate it from the hucksters and the grifters and the self-promoters and the promoters. I think they just get enthusiastic at the beginning and they're going to be eventually washed out by more substantive companies that are trying really hard to make this a thing. And I think that it just reminds me so much of the earlier net and because I'm old, I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time that was, there was one story after the next about how email scams and this scam and that scam. And so, it's not so much different. It's just the issue is it's so close related to finance, which is a highly regulated industry, especially and governments have particular concerns around it, um, that you're going to see a lot more regulation a lot quicker. And they're very aware of it, especially around criminal yeah. activity, as they should be.
1: The argument is that Bitcoin is, has been known as like fairly untraceable and anonymous. And um, now that such a large fraud has been caught, um, it almost gives people more confidence that this is a legitimate financial tool because you can be busted if you Except do Except what's not caught,
0: it. right? Like what what hasn't been caught, what hasn't been done, including the difficulty right. of people using it. I mean, I make the I have a joke. I was writing about Bitcoin really early and and hadn't written about a lot since then. But um when you know, I guess Vences Vences Casaris was kind of turned me onto to it and said, This is really interesting. And I wrote about it and I bought Bitcoin and I've lost my heart, thumb drive it was on or something, whatever it was on. I bought yeah. it. It's gone. I don't, you know what I mean? And I don't like misplace gold or, or cash or anything like that. Maybe I have. That's not true. Um, but I think it's really, you know, I think the difficulty level of understanding it as it gets easy. Same thing with the internet. Until AOL came along, the internet was really hard to use um, for most people. And, and it wasn't consumer friendly. And so I think it will be interesting if there's use cases of all different kinds and which we don't, I don't think we've conceived of what they could be yet. And that that's going to be super interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, I was just down in El Salvador for a wedding, and they've made it legal tender there. Well, in those and it countries, they need just, right?
0: Those countries, it's yeah. really hard to uh, operate. Um, you know, that makes That's what this is from. I can't remember, Brazil or Venezuela or something. Anyway, it was much harder to use there where he was than it was. You know, I mean, these are countries that had, had currencies that were up and down and this and that. And so people were losing their life savings, and that was one of the impetuses of it was for that, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, and it it was interesting watching them, you know, in in everyday transactions going to the market. For instance, people running markets out of their out of their um, you know their living rooms, and they have a QR code out front.
0: Right, but the problem is government doesn't like control of money. That's a real problem. Government likes to control money. Like mm, they're not going to give that one up so easily. Um, So that that'll be interesting. And you know, I think I think anything is easy. I was talking. Someone was talking about money. I like cash, and I was like. When's the last time you <laughs> saw your cash? You didn't. You It's it's a right. number on a mm-hmm. figure on a bank statement. You don't ever, you don't have like a, like a, I always say you don't have like, you know in Gringotts, they, everybody had their little caves full of money or whatever, all those different wizards. And so they, you don't have like this vault where your stuff is, like your, you know, your goblets of gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, do, some people do, I guess, but most people have never seen their money. They live, they live in a. In a digital inv- currency environment, all the time, I yep, don't care. It's much. all unwrapping. Oh, maybe I have a five dollar no, bill here. on me somewhere. <laughs> and every time someone asks, I'm like, "What? All yeah. oh, right, you know, right?" And I wish I could have some. And then you go, My phone could tip someone, right? That you right, can, you know. Anyway.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you can even see buskers in the subway now with their Venmos. Oh, do they on their like <laughs> piece of cardboard? Here's it's my hard Venmo, though,
0: right? Like, what is the way yeah. to do it? It's really hard. There has to be something, some way you can trade value in a way that's a lot. Probably via phone, most likely.
1: Right. Okay, I want to get to another big story, which is the Peloton yeah, situation. The Peloton cool. CEO is out. They're going to lay off around three thousand well, people. He put
0: himself out. He had control. Put himself he had out.
1: Control of his company. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was this fun instance where activist investors basically made a slide presentation telling him why he should fire himself. And he listened, Matt Levine has something great on that uh, this week at Bloomberg. And they replaced him with a CFO. And you say, former tech CFO as CEO says a lot. What does it say? It
0: reminded me of sale. I mean, first of all, this guy is great. He's got great, you know, I was talking, I I dealt with him a little bit. I, you don't deal with CFO as much as a reporter, but, um, Mm -hmm. terrific reputation. Knows subscriptions, um, very well regarded. Everyone has nothing but lovely things to say, which was a surprise because everybody always has something bad to say about someone. But um, <laughs> at both the companies, Netflix and um, Spotify. So this guy knows his stuff and he really knows subscriptions and the important brand. And, you know, he's got the experience. Sometimes CFOs like to leap into a CEO position. That's certainly true. But it often says to me, hmm, maybe there's a deal here. If there isn't, he will run it. And he's an operator, obviously, CFOs, even though they sort of get dinged as not being operators. They are. They, CFOs are usually critically important employees at most companies, um, especially behind the scenes. Um, so I, I feel like this is someone who could do a deal or could do the other thing, which is fix it and rehaul it and stuff like that. So that's that's why it's interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's kind of this. It's it's funny that it's viewed as a tech company. I mean, of course, like they distribute as a platform, but it really is a media company and exercise equipment. I don't fully understand why the market got so down on Peloton. I mean, yes, the expectations were high.
0: Well, it was a pa- it was a pandemic stock. It it had such a surge, yes. right? And the stock went crazy, right. and everyone like Zoom or any of the others with pandemic stock. Um, to me, we, we had a really interesting Twitter Spaces recently. About it, and boy, do their 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 fans love them. I, I'm a Peloton user; so I wouldn't give it up. You know, I was talking to mm-hmm. Dan Primack about it. Um, he also same way. And what was interesting is all the people on, on this Twitter Spaces had all kinds of ideas of but more stronger relationships they like with Peloton, like healthcare, food. That's why Amazon's interesting to me. Nike clothing, uh, this and that. So mm-hmm. people do trust the Peloton brand and like the product, and so that's the good thing. It's a great product. It's a product they like, people they like. It's just got to get in the right place in terms of, you know, serving, selling these devices of which there's only a limited number they can sell, but they still haven't gone global, right? They haven't gone global in it at all um, to speak of and, and see where it goes from there. It's got a lot of potential and they've built a great brand. I think just um, this is what happens to these, like whether it's, you know, it's sort of all these devices ha- go through this kind of weird period of difficulty.
1: Right, yeah. I'm a fan of the company and I. Oh, it almost seems like unfair. Yeah, I mean, right, I know right. you, you can't say it's unfair that the stock went up so much, but it did just set these insane yes, expectations. Yes, 100
0: It was crazy. And it was a crazy stock, yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaking of crazy stuff on the stock market, um, I just had Josh Brown on the show on Wednesday uh, from Holtz Wealth Advisors. We talked about the meta um, drop. Yeah. $250 it's billion dollars now, of market cap. yeah
0: really. It's still Yeah,
1: it's, still, it's up a little bit. Right. Yeah, and they dropped under 600, 600 million, uh, billion yeah. Six, in market cap. They're, they're, they're
0: sort of hovering around there,
1: right? Which is interestingly enough, yeah. like the level that you need to be subject to some of these regulations uh, that Congress is cooking up. Although it's over a two year span. Yeah. yeah, you've been following Meta for a long time. Is this company Facebook, cooked? And because then meta. that's the yeah. yes, Facebook and the Meta. the The narrative is that they're cooked. They still have 3.59 billion people using the products every month.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, sure. They're cooked, whatever. It's like saying Microsoft was cooked back when. I remember when Microsoft was right. cooked, I'm like, it they seems. are not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'd like to be cooked like them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the cut right. is 617 today. It's slightly up mm-hmm. Let me look over the five days down 7% over a month. It's down 30% over six months. It's down 37% year to date, 33, one year, 15%. So it's, it's a nice shave. Um, it passed, mm-hmm. today. It's up a tiny bit. Um, I think it's hard it, it, to dismiss this company, especially with their online advertising business. is, is really kind of like, Hmm, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, you know, I mean, especially they've got this many people and they've got a committed CEO who's a, well-known entrepreneur. I, again, I, I have quibble—not quibbles. I have issues with Mark Zuckerberg, but he's still a talented executive and entrepreneur. Um, I think what some of the stuff that hasn't been looked on. Obviously, the users, and you could see that. You could, if you anyone with a teen knows it, like they're not using Instagram, they're using TikTok. They aren't using Facebook at all. They'd rather die than use. It's like AOL was. We went through that trough, and Denver returned. Um, and and you know, all these things have a life expectancy essentially and so that's one thing is the users is that people don't want to use the big blue app as much or it's and, and then of course it's been soiled by the whistleblower accusations and and uh, and january 6th etc and i think probably when this report comes out it's not going to look good for facebook um you know because they were sort of the primary organizer the yeah report. the congressional investigation mm-hmm. i mean facebook was the, primary or organizer of this if you're using those tools even even compared right. to parlor or any of course compared to parlor parlor was a, a, a small player you know not great but it's still a small player compared to facebook um and and that'll sort of shine on I mean, you've got the ftc investigations and and that have now moved forward. now can move forward lena Ton- conry filed um and they're moving forward so there's that although they can point to tiktok and say we're we're not very big anymore and tiktok that's true but then tiktok exists like that's an issue right. with competitors um and then apple you know i think apple is a really big deal um in terms of like what it did it, it's the it, apples become the de facto regulator of facebook um and when the government couldn't step in apple did so that's another thing and then obviously meta metaverse like can they succeed here this is a lot of money they're spending they're not particularly creative as a company um and so And there's a lot of great competitors in here. And are they going to be the ones to dominate? Oculus is a good product, but it's little, right? It's little. I mean, it's sold a lot, but little kind of thing. And so sort of like Google, I remember when Google started to go into a range of things. Remember, they had lots and lots of stuff, these moonshots, this and that. And all I kept thinking was, you know, it's like sort of being, I hate to use this metaphor, but I was like, it's like being a Colombian drug dealer and opening a restaurant in Bogota. (laughs) It's like, it's really not going to be your business. They could search. Um, and so right. search is still Google's business, right That's really their strongest business and um, no matter how you slice it and the same thing with they have to live with the fact that the social network is their business and then what happens to it and it's sort of gotten away from itself. Nobody likes them, you know that kind of they're not very well right. liked in Silicon Valley. Um, you know uh, teal stepped off the board and did exactly what we he thought he'd do, which is back Trump candidates. Mm-hmm. What a surprise. He obviously had a big influence mm-hmm. on that. you know, Good but for him, pro, whatever he yeah. wants. Whatever Peter Thiel wants to do, he can do with his giant sums of money.
1: There is this – and you, you've covered Yahoo a lot. There is this view that Facebook is Yahoo now. But huh. uh, to me, that seems a little premature. Yeah, I would I,
0: I agree. Uh, and you know I'm a real critic of them. Um, but, yes. you know, uh, uh, they're, they're not. They're, it's a really big, big substantive company. It reminds me a little of AOL. I do have to say, AOL was hmm. – was, Became uncool, and they had all these cool things, like they had um, their messaging service. I'm totally blanking on the name, of it. Um, AIM. AIM, right? And yes, the um, they yeah. had a lot of cool stuff, but you know, and they were early in the music area. They just couldn't make the people just moved on, and and I think people move on from this thing. It's too much. It's too, and by the way, it's not really well. I, I don't want on it anymore, but every now and then, I'm still I have an account, right? But I sort of what is it cut it off? I sometimes. Reactivated, and then I'm like, "Oh, what a fucking mess this place is!" Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but a mess. lot of people use yeah. it across the globe. That's mm-hmm. the important part, and I think that's we can't yeah. discount that. I don't discount them at all. Real- they're huge.
1: they're huge. Yeah, and I think that Reels has a much. I mean, I'm writing about that this week in big technology. Reels has a much better future yeah. uh, than a lot well, of people are giving we'll it see. credit for. I,
0: don't know.
1: I interviewed this this um, uh, college student this week who said she went home for break and heard the TikTok music coming from her parents' mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. And it was just reels.
0: (laughs) Reels, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. So they have the the older demographic we can capture. I mean, they're going to have a lot of problems, you know, just like Facebook. Facebook TikTok, too. Well, TikTok's got China overhang, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Let's talk about that. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that, like, you (sighs) know, I I mean, it seems like everyone seems to celebrate Facebook struggling. And I know this is Facebook's, like, PR line. But when Facebook struggles, it's generally a win by, you know, win for TikTok. and. We we can't like we can't have our eyes closed to the fact that the Chinese Communist Party. Of course Party not. I don't.
0: I wrote a whole column a years pretty, ago saying I, right, I, I exactly. read TikTok on my burner phone because I'm worried about this. This was right. three years ago. I was like yeah. So you know here's the thing. Facebook used it so uh, so much in a cynical way, but the fact the matters. They are their competitor, right? One of one of their many competitors, right. And um, and they it's so creative and so interesting and so well done, and then it's so possibly linked to the Chinese government, right? And it's not, that's a real Mm -hmm. worry. I bet the government has to look into that again Um, and not in the screamy Trump way. Not in a Trump way. You know, that was stupid. That was just stupid. And then (laughs) he kept missing critical opportunities. This guy was directionally correct and executionally an imbecile. Like, literally, you can't let these people get away. And so, one of the things, if if they separated it from China, which I don't think the Chinese will let happen, um, that would be interesting, right? You know, and how do you do that? Well, it'll have to be affiliated with a pretty big US company with a lot of cloud cover, so to speak. And um and so, you know, the the Microsoft would be a great owner of TikTok still, I think. I think that was the right move. Right. But, you know.
1: You were speaking with Satya Nadella, yeah. and basically, he talked about how he got ghosted by the Trump administration he once he thought there was a deal in the he way. Was,
0: I think he was being kind. I think he wanted to say that asshole, but he's, he's not a person that's going to say that ass. He, <laughs> yes, he kind I of saw it, it above that. his head. God, what a bunch of chumps. You know, and also, but it was a good idea. It was a great idea. And now they bought Activision. They're, they're going to be a key player in this metaverse thing. I think quietly, yes. Um, gaming is the way into this thing, obviously, um, mm-hmm. compared to most things, you know, possibly healthcare, possibly workplace but gaming sure is already there you're in a metaverse in a game already you're used to it you're away you know you have your avatars it's it's got everything going for it in terms of that so you know gosh microsoft with tiktok would be a really powerful situation
1: yeah and it could still happen mm-hmm. i mean obviously yeah, i'm sure they interest, still so like, so we'll see. Hmm,
0: interesting yeah
1: <laughs> call us when you're yeah, ready I think They're very interesting. you you, you interv- yeah sorry you you interviewed lena khan recently uh, the head of the FTC, yeah. along with Andrew Sorkin, I watched the interview. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. How? What was your impression of Lena? Uh, oh, so smart. So
0: overwhelmed. I think smart, sharp, knows what she wants to do. Doesn't have the resources to do it, and doesn't know where to start. With all these, we talked a lot about the mergers, the amount of mergers that were. Um, you know, I think it rose some enormous, over four thousand, something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but you know, what does she do with those, their, their, their budget hasn't increased. It's stuck in congressional, whatever the heck Congress is doing with itself. Um, it doesn't have enough, um, you know, it's got to pick very carefully. It can't lose. Um, it's a a raid against a very powerful group of people. Um, and you know, the energy is hard to sustain. The anti-tech energy is hard to sustain. You don't want to be anti-tech. You want it to be good regulation, um, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, she's, she, I, I feel like she should make a big move, but, you know, John Cantor just got there. Um, so they've, they they do not got a lot of time, right? It's going to make things. That,
1: right. The midterms. Yeah. Are coming
0: out. Don't got, well, there's a lot of Republicans who are very happy to go after Facebook and other big tech companies. So I don't think that, you know, the Texas AG is the one pushing the Google one. Right. So, uh, right. So it's not, it's not necessarily that it's just get what's going to happen and for what reason, you know, you, you have a different reason from, you know, a persistent numpty like Ted Cruz and a, and a different reason from Mark Warner, et cetera.
1: Also, um, you know, I've listened to your podcast. You've spoken about uh, Sheryl Sandberg, your relationship with her. Have you guys spoken recently? And um, no. do you think that she's going to stay at Facebook? Uh, what, what's she I'm doing? I'm surprised
0: she's still there. But where is she going to go? She kind of got tarnished, right? She got pulled into, you know. Mm-hmm. She's you know, she's got lots of culpability there, but Mark has most of it. That's was my point with her. Like, all right, sure, her, but him. Like, everyone was focused on her, and mm-hmm. I was a little sexist. That said, she's a very, she's a very, she's the top executive. So all the executives deserve that kind of scrutiny. Um, I have not talked to her lately. I got a text from her not too long ago. Um, but I think she and I, our relationship is, uh, I would say tense. I wouldn't say tense. She's not that way. Um, Mark mm-hmm. won't talk to me at all. Um, or they never respond and they say no to every request we make. Um, I don't know. I, you know, Cheryl's a good team player over there. I think, Yeah. um, I think she's a good team player. I, I like Cheryl personally quite a bit, uh, but I do get the criticism of her. And I have, I was quite critical. I was, when I, we were speaking, I was like, I remember calling her from, I was at JFK right at the beginning when they made that statement, of, when Mark said, there's no impact of the Russians on this platform. What are you talking? Remember that? When he gave it David, what's his name? Right. Um, Kirkpatrick. Yeah. The pretty crazy ideas. Yeah, pretty crazy. That ideas, was, you know, pretty crazy. And I called, and then they had, then they had another statement with a number and I remember calling her saying, where did you get this number? Why are you doing this? Don't say it. Like, don't. I'm of the people, like, if you don't have all the facts, I'd keep my mouth shut, right? <laughs> I don't. And, <laughs> like, like whether yeah. it's Jeff Zucker or whatever, who's today? What's coming out next, right? I would be very careful before you have all the facts are in. And um, and uh, I recently wrote that to some CNN people. I'm like, you know what? You might want to wait. I get your loyalty to this fella, but you got to wait. Like, I, you know, I know it's Jeff Zucker. He's not, you know, it very smart guy, but I don't know. Like, let's wait, let's wait and see what right. comes out um, before declaring something, whatever. Um, and so, I think with, with, um, I said to her, I was like, why are you really, where did these numbers come from? Why are you saying them? I think it's much more serious. I think it's a political liability. And, he, and I remember her going, Oh, Kara, you're such a worry Like, you're, I'm like, I'm not on your team. I'm just telling you, I just think I don't believe you. Like it was, it was, it was an interesting, I, I'll never forget that conversation. And they were much, they were very much tut, tut, don't you worry, you irritating journalist kind of thing. Um, and I, again, I wasn't there to help them. I just was like, I, where, why are you saying this? I don't understand where you're getting these facts. <laughs> and then uh, after a while I was like, oh, they're, they're making it up like, or something, or they're chaotic is what I thought. And that's always my mm-hmm. feeling, just the, like what's happening at Spotify. It's chaotic. It's not, they, they are not, they don't know what they're doing, right? Like, they're
1: like. Spotify, it's unbelievable to me. You would think that after being in the media business for so long, yeah. they're paying for a guy's podcast. Now, Ugh, look, I, I think there's an argument to be made. Let, you know, let Joe Rogan, you know, sure. be the devil's advocate Whatever. to the no. health establishment and mm. hasn't gotten it right.
0: Okay. Sure. I
1: don't know if I would pay for, I wouldn't pay for that. No, I'm not paying I, for it I just anymore. think with, I with Spotify, yeah. With Spotify, you got to embrace what you are.
0: I like, know what he is, but like, I don't think they listen to him. This. I, I have now decided right. they didn't listen to him. Like, that's what I, I didn't listen to, the him to the that podcast. much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, who has four mm-hmm. hours to kill on mm-hmm. a given day? Um, right. So, yeah. um, it, you know, it's, I listen to a lot of it, more than most people. Um, very talented podcaster at the same, and it kind He's of has found his yeah. m- met metier, you know. Um, but they didn't listen to him, and now they're trying to pretend like, we have nothing to do. What are you talking about? Like that, that's sort of.
1: I know. It's amazing. It's
0: you're sort of like, oh, come on, stop. Like, please stop. I, I literally, I'm, I'm sort of like, I think I texted several people, please stop. Please stop. It's really, it's right. It's embarrassing what you're doing now. Like, and then, but then I decide yeah. it's chaotic. It's chaotic. That's what it is. It, it's There's no like secret, like handshake situation. It's just like, what do we do? Like, that's, I can see that meeting, like, ugh, ah. You know, that's yeah. the kind of thing I imagine is going on inside of their company right now.
1: It just feels like they're so unprepared to handle some I of this know, stuff. They they're like th- we are not thing. a they
0: don't think about it. Yeah. But assume assume not to nice. discern the worst. Assume this, the, the that they don't that they're lazy <laughs> and they don't think about it. That's what I now yeah. assume about a lot. Not everybody, some people are truly malevolent. Um, but others yeah. are just just don't think about it. So And then get victimized, victimized, and then get victimized, because there are victims, the richest people in the world. They really are the victims.
1: Oh, they love, (laughs) they do love to play that card. (laughs) Kara Swisher is with us. She's the host of Sway, columnist of the New York Times, co-founder of Recode. Don't forget to check out Pivot, M-I-A. It's February 14th to 16th next week that you can still register or, or follow along. Online, some great names there. Brian Chesky is going to be their CEO of Airbnb. You um, also have Meredith Levitt who's who runs the New York Times and a bunch of other speakers. So check it out. After the break, I want to talk to Kara a little bit about her own media company decisions. So if you're a media nerd, uh, stick around. And, um, you know, we're also going to get into some of her reporting technique, which I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you've uh, witnessed uh, if you care at all about the tech world. You've probably watched many of Kara's interviews. So stick around. We'll be back right after this.
0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay
1: off. And we're back here on Big Technology Podcast with Kara Swisher. She's the host of Sway New York Times podcast. Also going to host uh, Pivot MIA with Scott Galloway, a friend of the show on February 14th to 16th in Miami. I'm sure a lot of good stuff is going to come out of that. Okay, Kara, I want to learn a little bit about the media business mm-hmm. um, from you over the next segment. Um, you started Recode in January twenty, uh, yeah, January twenty fourteen, with Walt Mossberg, a uh, new site to cover the tech industry. Uh, if you're going to start out your your own company today, would you you um, would you go with the website or would you do a Substack type of thing? Would you go straight to podcast? You have two you know, very popular podcasts, mm-hmm. what would your approach be?
0: Well, you know, we were doing what Substack is doing. I love when people are like, this is all new. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. WordPress, <laughs> li- live, what's that, live? What
1: was yeah. it, live, something? Live intent, live, I Yeah, right. it. Is. live intent. No, I don't remember.
0: Anyway, there were a lot of these. Yes. What we were doing was piecing it together. With what existed mm-hmm. at the time. You know, at one point I said, Walt, right. well, you and I should do something on a, on, a, on a video service where we argue with each other. Like now, of course, we're on Zencaster, or Riverside or Zoom. Yeah. It didn't exist. We were like, how do we do this? How do we get it up? How do we <laughs> publish it? Like there was, there was nothing yeah. then going on. Um, and that's why we went to live events kind of thing. We would have done a lot of this in video. Um, you know, not, there's nothing new under the sun, right? That's a famous saying. Um, and I think that I, I, I would – Right now, um, I, I kind of – I'm one of a person who changes really frequently. There's an expression I think in Mary Poppins, I'll wait until the wind changes and then I'll leave essentially. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm like that. I'm like – I started podcasting seven, eight years ago, right? Or a long time ago in, in podcast terms. Um, be, maybe it was longer than that. Um because I was really interested in the fact that, that the iPhone made it possible to do this really easily. And I'm like, I had an intern, just me and an intern, Noah Colman, who now writes for various things. But yeah. it was the two of us. That was it. And you know, Jim uh, Bankoff, for all credit to him, I was running the website. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to do this and he was saying okay and then it started their video their their podcast business we i was the first one and so and then they you know Ezra Clayman came to me he's like i'd like to do a podcast i'm like here's how you do it like it was so like yeah. artisanal and hand to mouth and and so and the same thing with the events is Walt and I went to a lot of events way back when and they all sucked because they were all sort of beholden to sponsors and there was no news happening and it was a little too much too insidery although ours is insidery but it was still um it wasn't journalistic at all and so we said let's try this and that kind of stuff and that's sort of done very well for us and so i think now um i'm you know obviously that we're trying we're working with people we're doing a lot we're doing extensions like a live event. we'll see how it goes uh, it's going pretty well pretty so far um we're trying we're thinking of subscriptions for that because there's things we could add mm-hmm. to it and one of the things that's important to me is think about what's valuable to people um, what's, what, what more do they want and what more would they pay for? Obviously we could have done this a long time ago. We could have done a paid version of all of these things. Um, but I just, I, our advertising was doing really well. So why not? Like the podcast advertising at some point when someone was like, Oh, no one can make money in podcasts. I'm like, yeah, don't do it. I was like, we were making so much money. Right. I was like, what are you talking? <laughs> okay. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Don't do it. Course you can, um, and so um, you know. I spend a lot of time thinking like, "What's the next thing that interests me?" And most things I do is what interests me. When I become bored, or I hate to say this, unhappy, um, and I don't mean or not happy—that's a better word. When I'm like, right. I don't like to deal with this. I just leave. I just am like, goodbye. Going to do something else. A lot of it centers on doing stuff I want to do. Um, I always make the joke that I'm a bad employee. And so I try not to put myself in a position where someone tells me who I am. Um, Different people work well with other people. I I work well with people, but not bosses very well. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. Sometimes it is, but it's often, I just don't want to hear it. I just don't, you know, at this point in my life, and even when I was young, I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to take risks. And if I screw it up, it was on me. And if it wasn't, if it was success, it was on me. That was how I felt like it. Um, and by the way, we've had amazing people along the way, too, that have been like this, like Peter Kafka, you know, has done amazing things. Mark, Mike Isaac, who's now at The Times. Um, uh, you know, ton, we have tons and tons and tons of people. Lauren Good. Um, I mean, we have so many amazing people who have gone from Rico to other things. And obviously, Walt was astonishing. But I just sort of take opportunities when I see them, like Scott Galloway. Um, people don't realize he was. Uh, he, I saw him at DLD, which was an event in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that guy's funny and also, that guy's insightful. He said some things I hadn't thought of, which is not often. Usually, I'm like oh, nah, 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 that kind of thing. And so I went up to him. I'm, like, you're really funny and insightful. And he, I don't know, we had some rapport right away. I brought him onto Recode Decode, and which was my podcast at Box. and we had such chemistry immediately, and also. The numbers were crazy, and I was nobody knew who he was. He wasn't well known at all. Didn't have his stuff at all. And um, and I went, huh? That's interesting. Let's try that again. And and uh, same numbers. They were close to Elon Musk numbers. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And so immediately when they wanted me to look at some other hosts for that for another show, I was like, him, him, I'll take him. And so and it's worked out really well. It's worked out really well. And so that's why we're trying to extend it. Um, But one of the things that – Scott, as you know, signed a deal with CNN Plu. I make fun of it on Pivot all the time. Um, (laughs) But I'm interested in um, TV video right now. I really am. Yeah, Because, you know, this whole Zucker thing and a lot of what's going on at the other places, like they just announced a fourth hour of Morning Joe on MS. I have a contract Mm -hmm. with NBC, but let me just say this. Could they not think of a new thing or do they need to do four hours of the same thing? <laughs> I literally, my, my wife wrote me that, like, can they not think of a new thing? And I was like, you're right. Can they not be creative? So when I look at like cable news and, and broadcast, I'm like, why are they so not innovative? Like the same, like I was working out and the same four people came on the screen like that you see, you know, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever. And I'm like, it's because it's cheap. They're doing it because it's cheap. What could, what could you do here that makes it better? Or maybe it's a lost cause, but it intrigues me to think about video. Like, what could work that's different than what's working now? Like, it can't be for, the, you know, talking heads. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I don't watch it. Right. And so, I'm wondering. So, what do you think the I don't know. Is? I'm thinking about it. I'm, I sit and yeah. think all the time. <laughs> I, I, you know, obviously, it's easy to, to, to define what's not working. You know these talking heads that don't know. Anything. I think journalism. I think more journalism. I think I. I hate to agree right. with John Malone, but journalism. Real people are dying yeah. for good real news that is substantive, and um, uh, that's what yeah. I would say. Journalism.
1: Yeah, I also think that like they oftentimes will watch TV and just don't really think that they're getting the whole truth, or they, they're getting a slanted version. Oh, well, there's a of reason they don't. The Besides
0: the, the you know the pummeling, the Donald Trump stuff wouldn't have worked if people didn't think that a little bit.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's like the fake news thing. It's it's you know you believe fake news if you don't trust institutions.
0: Well, there and is a, there is a the, ability yeah. to to make you if you repeat some lie over and over again, it, it right. does it does sink in. But there is a an elitism and a um, and I don't mean visiting people in the Midwest at a diner because I think that's bullshit too. That's right.
1: That's ridiculous. I literally
0: yeah. I was I was I actually went to Kentucky to talk about um, they were going to do Silicon Holler and this and that. And I got up, I said, nobody's coming here to help you with technology. We don't need you. They they don't, not we, it wasn't me. I was like, the minute they're, and they were talking about coal coming back and this and that. And I'm like, the minute they can automate this, you're gone. Like, you think these people sitting here, your bosses give a fuck about you? They don't. It was really quite a speech. I remember them being like kind of mad, but sort of like, huh, she might have a point.
1: Someone squared with us.
0: Right. I was like, I'm sorry. And then what we talked about, they were like. You know, this bunch of people are much more conservative than me by a lot, and and obviously I was from San Francisco, and they're like, "You don't come here and listen to us, and this, you know, that thing, you know, that anger kind of thing." And I said, "Hmm, I didn't notice you come to San Francisco and hear what my life is like. Why don't you want to know what my Mm -hmm. life is like? Like, you don't understand Mm -hmm. me. Why do I have to understand you more? Why am I pandering and coddling you?" You should come to where I live. And I said, Come anytime. I'll show you the naked people in the street, the this, why we're liberal (laughs) like this, why we like good produce, like whatever you want. I was, I'm happy to talk. And so that's one of the reasons, actually, I have two things I do. I have a lot of people I don't agree with on my podcast, a lot, like more than most people, which sometimes the New York Times audience doesn't love. Um, And I also don't like, not push back. Like, you know what I mean? But not in a rude Mm -hmm. way. I end up having, we did Jonah Goldberg recently who I couldn't agree with on most things. Um, and, and it was good. It was a really good discussion, right? Because it was about policy and different things. And, um, anyway, I think we, we, I think there's something, I don't know. I think people are dying. There's a silent majority in the center Who just want like Mm -hmm. good information, who do not want to scream about masks with each other, who want to take care of their family, who want to be safe, who like science, who, you know, who are just regular people who are tired of the screaming edges. And the, the screaming edge on the right has really lost its fucking mind, but also they don't want to hear the screaming from either side and they definitely like democracy. And so what can, would be done in that regard? I think it's just interesting.
1: Yeah, I think there's an opportunity to do that uh, in podcasts in particular because you can have these longer nuanced conversations right. and you don't need a headline that's going to trigger half the population right. on, on Twitter. Yeah, it's easy
0: to trigger people, so, you know.
1: Yes, it is. You mentioned, um, you know, the people that you had worked mm-hmm. with over yeah. time. And yes, there, you know, nothing new under the sun. Of course, a lot of these tools had been there. It's not like Substack invented email. I'm curious why you wanted to build a team and whether like, you know, uh, being an independent individual, you know maybe you would have considered that you know if that was like these media companies in a box existed or is there something about having a team that's that's in particular enticing to you
0: um you know i don't like managing at all anymore i i i never <laughs> am going to manage that's one of the things i i'm not right. a bad manager i just don't want to uh i don't like it um it takes up a lot of my mind space that i don't want to and um and other people are better at it kind of thing um editors same thing like other people are i'm okay I, I, i'm good not bad uh, editing copy, but I'm not interested. Um, uh, so I, I think what was interesting was there was all these voices of people that were unusual that I thought were talented. Like I remember when we hired Mike Isaac, there was someone else we were going to hire instead of him. You know, he knows this at the time. And he was sort of, a, he was a back basement of Wired, I think, something like or whatever, mm-hmm. wherever, dot .com. And I thought he just was had such a spark and that he deserved more, more attentions put on him because he was so talented. You could just see it. One of the things Walt and I did, we really were able to find talent all, all over the place, right. In different places that would have, may not, may not have been considered by the New York times or the wall street journals of the time. Um, You know, they wouldn't have gone to them first. And of course they all ended up getting hired into those places, which is interesting. Um, But I, or Bloomberg or whatever. And so I liked Mm -hmm. creating sort of a, a motley crew of people who would try different things and do odd and like Ina Freed's another good example. Um, I think she, where was she before that? CNET, right? She was at CNET. Um, you found people in unusual places or not unusual places, but that they deserve to shine. Um, and I'm of the feeling uh, there's an expression, everything that can shines does, so why not put people in a yeah. position to shine. And I, I liked that. I liked making decisions on our own. Obviously, I was the boss, so was Walt. So, it's not like it was a, like a collective. Um, but at the same time, yeah. these people got to really show who they were in really interesting ways, I thought.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm not going to name names, but I know someone who interviewed f- with you for a job and I think eventually got – no, I know eventually got it. <laughs> I think your pitch to them was like, I want a nobody for this role. <laughs> you know, Essentially, like – I will help you. Yes. Jason Del Rey is another example.
0: Someone, so I forget where I met him, but I'm like, I like him. He's, you know, I didn't mind difficult people so much. Um, You know, I just, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and it was different. And people who did it were entrepreneurial and that's what I liked about them. Like they, it was a risk to come to these things, despite Walt being, you know, Walt had much more of a profile than I did. Uh, but it was uh, it was kind of cool, and obviously we were attached to the journal, but they were somewhat hostile to us throughout our entire right. time there. So,
1: I want to ask you about this. So you you sell Recode to Vox Media. We've talked about Jim Bankoff, the CEO of Vox Media.
0: Mm-hmm. He's wonderful.
1: I like the guy too. Um, how do you successfully go to them and be like, listen, I've built this like successful media property for you. I've built this, these podcasts for you. I now want to write a column for the New York times and do a podcast for the New York times and still remain attached to you. Like, how did you pull that?
0: <laughs> That's funny. People ask me on time, How do you pull it off at the times too? Cause they, you know, they right. wanted me to be an employee. Uh, I think it's pretty well known Jim uh, Bennett, uh, who is now doing the Palin and trial. Uh, I remember um, meeting up at one of the South by South. I think I was talking to Michael Barbera, who's a friend of mine. Um, and I was talking to him about how, how they have to make another hit and this and that was, I was just ha- theorizing with him and there was a guy there and he was like, Oh, you got a lot of opinions. I'm like, yeah, I do. I was, and I think I said something like the New York times, <laughs> think small and then think smaller, that kind of thing. I made some offhand <laughs> beer, beer goggle remark. And although I wasn't really drunk um, and um, at all, in fact, I didn't, I don't drink. Um, and, uh, and it was Sam dolneck Who's the head. Who's one of the owner of the family's very talented guy family member. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm happy. I love working with family, uh, newspaper family. I love Don Graham, for example, the Washington Post, Um, and worked with him quite a bit and thought he was wonderful. Um, uh, Anyway, so we ended up talking and they definitely wanted me to be an employee. And I'm like, well, I don't want to work for you. Like, I don't want to be an employee. And they were like, everyone wants to be an employee of the New York Times. And I was like, well, apparently not everybody. Like, I don't know. I think I sort of set it going with a lot in people's minds. And so, mm-hmm. I, and they were like, well, you have to be an employer. You can't do this. And I was like, okay, bye. See you. Like, I don't know what to say. I'm not, I don't want to, I, I I just don't. And and I want to do this. And if you want to do this, this is great. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, fine too. Like, you know, and, and by the way, that's how I feel all the time with, with anyone I work with. If it's not working out, it's okay. Move along kind of thing. And so, I was, um, uh, I went to gym and gym is wonderful in terms of, he saw it as an opportunity, not a negative. He didn't love that recode was making a lot of money. Um, but then i I'm doing I pivot, I started pivot, and so that was doing really well. So I was like, I'm giving you this nice apple. I'm taking the orange. Like you got the apple. Right. Stop complaining. I'm not leaving completely. And he was super flexible in that regard. And so I think one of the things people don't do is they don't ask so they don't get. And so I always ask. Right. and if and if it works for me, great, if it doesn't. I don't mind. I can do something else. And so I think that's how I look at most of these things. Like it's not that big a risk if I, I can, I can write for anybody. You know what I mean? Like I can get a job. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can't get a job. And so, or I'll think of something, right? I'm very entrepreneurial. So I'll think of something. And so I I just proposed it to him and then just did it. Like, I just don't think you can not behave like that in life. Like, I don't understand why people, right. well, I can't do it because they'll be mad at me. Well, if you don't care if they're mad at you, then that sort of that makes it easy. Or I'm not, it's it's not work. I don't want to do this anymore. Now I want to do this. Like if you don't say that, you're sort of stuck. And then also, like I said, when you don't want to do it anymore, you do something else. Like, I, I don't know. People are so yep. agonized about their careers in ways that exhaust me. I just don't understand. I remember talking to someone yeah. recently. <laughs> a lot of people come to me for advice. And the, I was like, do you like your, how do you, they were offered a job at a big place. and were very on the fence about it. It was very clear. They were not sure what to do. And I said, how do you feel the day after you take the job with these people? Cause they had been very, um, ha- uh, trying to meddle. They were like, you got to tell us now you got to do, you know, that kind of thing that employers do. Um, and, uh, and they, uh, they said, I said, how do you feel the day after you took the job? How do you feel? And they said, terrible. I said, don't take the job. Like, I don't know th- I just put yourself in that situation. Or if you don't agree with someone, something, especially employers who try to make you feel bad and pay you little, like they want to pay you less. I think this Substack thing is great because it's like, fuck you, I can make more money um, mm-hmm. for whoever. Um, you go, um, no. I say no a lot. I say no a lot. Like w- someone was trying to get me. You can't do, like, we don't want you to do that. We want you to do this. And I just wrote a single email back. I said, no. <laughs> they were like, what? And I go,
1: sometimes that's all it You takes. know, they of course yeah. they were like, well,
0: nobody says no like and i was like no and i and they said i'd like an explanation i go no just no <laughs> that's it and then what do people do yeah. like it's funny maybe it's because i can do it but i think anyone can do it i think anyone can do
1: it. yeah i think there's way too much fear absolutely oftentimes and
0: by the way you're not choices. getting paid that much in journalism to be like that right. it's not like the money is so fantastic so really like this is this is how, especially with young people i think about young people a lot um you know, if I do this, then just in any job, you know, then my son, when he was wanted to take um, a year off, he's like, what if I do this? What about my life? I'm like, really? Like I'm the best parent in that regard. I'm like, don't worry about Mm -hmm. it. It'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. You can like cook, you can do whatever. And same thing with my other son who gets all these A's in school. You know, he's all agonized right now about college and like is working on a Saturday. I'm like, why are you working on a Saturday? And he's like, well, Mm -hmm. because of this, 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 I go, it's not going to let me give you the big secret of adulthood. Does none of this matter? True. And so I try to think yep. about that throughout my career. I don't know.
1: Is is pivot bigger or, or sway bigger? I think
0: Pivot, probably. Pivot.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Pivot's big. Very cool. Pivot's big. It's growing yeah. like crazy. That's always a fun. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, a it yeah, It's a fun listen. Yeah. I remember listening to those early recode decode mm-hmm. uh, episodes with you and Scott, yeah. and you know, hearing you mention about how well they've done, yeah. and of course, like. It's turned into a great franchise. Yeah, because it's
0: really doing well. We have lots of ideas, some of them mm-hmm. insane. But, yeah. you know, we're, <laughs> that's what I like about working with Scott and mm-hmm. the team we have, which is really mm-hmm. great. Is, like, nothing's too insane. Like, the other – we did an, an 800 number, like one eight five five to to pr- listener questions. And, you know, yeah. I'll tell you, no other media organization had done this. But we did a little thing on Twitter where we're like – Keep it clean. Do not put dirty things on our thing. Like we just like, it, it, yeah. but people liked it because it was within our brand, right? It was within our brand mm-hmm. of doing that. And, and so you can tell we're having fun. You know, you can tell it. You can tell it. We're having great, a great time. Yeah. And when we don't, and it inevitably, as all things will do, it'll crash, like or whatever, not crash, maybe die slowly. I don't anticipate that for a while, but I, I enjoy myself doing it. And therefore, I'll keep doing it. That's how I look at it. I look forward to it every day, every time we do it, if you can believe
1: it. Great, I I can believe it, yeah. Pivot MIA is February 14th to 16th, Kara Swisher is here. We'll come back after another quick break to talk a little bit about optimism for tech. Yeah, imagine that, we'll talk about that. Uh, So we'll do that right after the break. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's chief product officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Beret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And we're back here with Kara Swisher for one final segment. Again, Pivot MIA is February 14th to 16th in Miami. I'm sure you can hear a lot about it next week. You can even go. Um, You can check it out at boxmediaeventscom slash pivot MIA. Kara, I'm curious, you know, there's an article by... um, Cade Mets in the Times about how all these big uh, pie in the sky ideas for tech haven't really panned out recently. You talk about quantum computing, uh, self-driving cars. Is there anything in the tech world that you're optimistic about that we should be paying attention to? I think
0: self-driving cars will pan out. It just hasn't out yet. That drives me crazy. Like, it's like, you know, look, you can have your opinions about Elon Musk (laughs) all you want all day long. Everybody has them. But the Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is like, he said 2021 and now it's 2023. I don't care. He's building it. Like, I don't think it's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's kind of built everything he said he was going to do. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I kind of like his whack ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sure. You know, with space, if he says space elevator, I'd be like, huh, interesting. So I think I kind of yeah. like that. Like, but then reporters get all like, well, he said this, but this, I'm like, okay, well, ding him on wall street. I don't know what to say, but it, it but I do think autonomous cars are going are coming and coming big. Um, changes in transportation are obvious changes in workplace are obvious this the, the pandemic has, gives, has has become the biggest experiment in human history on how to work at home which was coming because i've worked at home since for 25 years right so i'm some the other day i was at a school and they're like what do you think of the new workplace and someone's like i think everyone's i'm like i've been everyone's like oh i wear sweatpants and i'm like i have not worn not worn sweatpants for 25 years like when, <laughs> i only put on pants pants when i need to when i'm at an event and." Um, I think the workplace is changing in a really cool way and in interesting ways. The idea of commuting seems right now kind of crazy how to, how to help, you know, I have a lot of kids as you know. And so, you know, childcare and how you deal with that. And anyone who's a parent is like, it's terrible. No matter what level of a- income you're at, it's difficult. And when you're at the bottom levels, it's terrible. Now, a lot of people have to go to physical places to work, especially, um, service workers and this and, 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 and hospital workers, lots of places you have to be physically present. But how we do work and the way we do work is going to be radically rethought. I think that's really great. I think it's positive. Um, healthcare, same thing. Telehealth. I think there's a lot of big movements in that direction that are really interesting. And I'm excited to see what kind of investments people make. Um, the healthcare system for everyone is broken. Um, and again, the people mm-hmm. at the bottom suffer the worst. But anyone in any... You know, try to make a doctor's appointment. Try to avail yourself to your information everything else. So that, to me, seems like a big area ripe for change, and the pandemic has moved that forward. Um, I think um, how uh, – how, the, the physical and anal, anal, analog and digital merging is really – all those areas interest me, except for in schools. As it's turned out, the great experiment of remote learning sucks. Just sucks. You know, either we're going to make it better, right, and change that around, or we're going to say, you know what? Some things are an- better analog, but how can we use technology to help that kind of thing? You know, again, my kids suffered for in the in the pandemic. That said, I wanted to keep them safe. Not going to be one of those screaming parents who are like, you know, you know, the mask thing is so interesting. They're fine. They're fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I just the, the, the focus on it is nothing to do with the mask. It has everything to do with something else that's going on? But uh, I don't know.
1: What's the something else?
0: Control over yourself, feeling like life is out of control. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, I have to assert. I have to be able to say whatever I want, do whatever I want, and don't tell me I'm racist. Well, you said something racist, or you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. it's something else. It's about self. It's about powerlessness. I think in a lot of ways, in a mm-hmm. weird way, and experts being a little too like tisk tisky, I guess. But that's not really it, is it? It's people feeling that they don't have control of their lives. I think that would be my guess um yeah.
1: uh weird stuff happens when you go through this trauma yeah like yeah have this with is a COVID trauma it'll, be, it'll know, be all of a sudden it could be
0: good it not not good There good things can come out of a terrible tragedy Absolutely. right yes. what so what is it often do. It, you know this this tech vaccine technology some of it looks really promising um you know there's all kinds of stuff i think climate change tech i'm have spent a lot of time focused on it. i read a really amazing story in the new yorker about the permafrost um and what's happening and right. you know it wasn't as hopeless it's interest it's, it's what's happening it's change this is we don't we may you know decry it but boy do we have to figure out how to live with it and i you was know, most
1: at this point technology yeah, right yeah it's, well, it's it's gonna be that's what they were think. doing
0: so all these buildings Same are crashing down because the, the the land right. goes up and down and mostly down right <laughs> as it starts to uh unfreeze and it goes miles down it, didn't, it was all these facts i didn't know and they're putting these Heating things within the they, – they, they use technology to be able to build there by putting things on blocks so the heat from the building didn't melt the permafrost It was really – back with it, back when, when they had less technology. And now they're putting things to regulate that, to keep the coal there. Anyway, it was really interesting. And I thought, this is all technology. Um, you know, a lot of – something we're going to talk about in Miami, of course, with the mayor of Miami-Dade, uh, the uh, woman who's running mm-hmm. Miami-Dade. Uh, which is a whole large area is you know what do you do about rising sea levels like what you gonna build a seawall you gonna just let Miami go and move inland or what is the, what are the what are the technological solutions to that or warning systems um, you know I, I just interviewed Neil Stevenson who wrote Snow Crash obviously and um, mm-hmm. his uh, which was where Metaverse came in the first idea of Metaverse came in um, he was talking and before that it had but he was the one that really popularized it. And one of the things, his new book is about a sort of a billionaire that shoots sulfur into the atmosphere to stop global warming, but everyone lives with global warming, right? And how do they cope? There's a lot of feral pigs in Texas, all these repercussions of global warming and how you cope and how you change it. And, um, it it just, it's just a really interesting time in that regard. I think climate change tech and then probably employment, how people work, like how people actually work, like whether they're journalists or, Mm -hmm. um. Like, what is work now? Not just commuting and offices, but what is, how do we conceive of work? Do we have, are we wasting enormous amounts of our time being less productive because of various things? Is there a better way to work? I think that's interesting. Um, and from a technological point of view, um, what am I most interested in? I think climate change tech. I'm really, I'm suddenly it's, very yeah. interested in it. So not suddenly I wrote about it 2 years ago making I made something up I said the world's first trillionaire was going to be a climate change tech I just made that up. it's like, "Mm, interesting." I'm like, "I just made hmm. that up." I was like hoping <laughs> like, it makes sense, right?
1: It could happen. Right? Yeah, there's such a big need for it and it, it's like, like like with COVID. We weren't going to get out of it <laughs> with natural solutions we needed technology yeah. to get yeah. us out of there and it, yeah, did. it
0: did and we'll see and we'll it's going to be the same with climate we'll see the of that too and so you know yeah. and then you know the body i think i've been doing a lot of interviews around the body like i have uh, from Jeanette Winterson who talked about taking your brain out and putting it in a different sentient being to um mm. You know, I'm really interested in that. I'm interested in like healthcare and what how you change the body and the food stuff is interesting. I mean, I'm not going full Would you ever, full uh, like whatever <laughs> Jeff Bezos is doing to himself. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Would you transfer oh my God, what is he doing to himself? himself? Let's not discuss it.
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> allegedly like oh, come on. no. No. Well, okay, some facial <laughs> some facial surgery, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, clearly. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, there was a VC. I'm not gonna say who it is. Um <laughs> Two people, if two men, and it always looks bad on a man. It just does. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with the yeah. face. I'm like Come plastic on. surgeons, get it with it, because some women-
1: Jeff Bezos had a fine face. It was a good face. Case,
0: I do you know what? Good <laughs> for him if he wants to do, thinks he looks better. That's terrific for him. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy who um, had facial, it was a facelift. It was, it was a lot of extensive facial Nose, his nose was different. Everything, and um, yeah. we were at a party, and everybody was talking. at Silicon Valley it was a, it was at a ha- big one of these big mm-hmm. investor houses thing, and everyone was talking about his face, left right. And so I went up yeah. to like everybody was, but nobody would say anything to him, and they were acting like he didn't have a facelift. And so I went up to him, and I literally I put a circle around my face. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? Like, what were you doing? Here? Oh my God. And he goes. <laughs> Excuse me, what what are you talking I knew him pretty well and he goes, What? And I go, mm-hmm. With your facelift. What why? Why did you do this? What is going on here? And he's like, I didn't have a facelift. I'm like, You're a big fucking liar. You completely I said, everyone at this party's talking about it. So you might as well tell me. Then he filled me in on his whole facelift. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh. <laughs> it was like so funny. <laughs> it was funny. I don't know. There'll probably be yeah. another way to do that. That's not quite technologically speaking.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Would you um? Would you put your brain- I would not
0: have a facelift, but go ahead. I was going to
1: ask about the brain transfusion. Oh,
0: that stuff's cool. Put
1: your brain in someone else's body? Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Sure, why not? I'd rather do that than go to space if I had to pick, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a better option. It does. Yeah. If I
0: was dying, I think some of this cryogenic- Well, this was in this permafrost thing because all this yeah. stuff is coming up. Like they pulled up a whole woolly mammoth that was still bleeding. Like so they were trying to figure out cloning, et cetera, but I thought- but it's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, there was one thing, this was incredible, and then we'll finish, is they pulled yeah. out a piece of the sod or whatever, the permafrost, it's called something else, I don't remember, and they were put it in some box, some sterile box, and they were able to grow an invertebrate that, like, from 24,000 years ago, from what was ever oh the heck God. was mess, like, it was like a chicken gone bad in a refrigerator, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it was, the organisms were doing this. But it wasn't like, it was one thing to create a, like a, a cell or, or you know, whatever. This this had like organs and all kinds. It was a real thing, like It was a real creature that was from 24,000 years ago. It's some, something, part of it had been frozen, whatever. It was crazy. And I thought, and, and they said this is going to have implications for cryogenics finally. You know what I mean? Like this is really interesting. Of course, you have to be under the permit. It's like, and that's the plot for Captain America. I get it, but yeah. Um, but it it is the plot for Captain, didn't he? That's right. He went down into the permafrost. Um, but it was really interesting. I thought, wow, oh, this is really like that's really it's really interesting. I'd rather do that than space for sure for me. Yeah, but I like space. Same here. I like space. Yeah, space is okay. We have to have it's a moon base. There. We have to have a moon right. base.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. So. Awesome, Kara. Thank you so much for the All time. Right. Really great chatting with you as always.
0: Thank you, Alex.
1: Yeah. Uh, Pivot Miami. Got to mention it one last time. February 14th to 16th, Kara's going to be there. So will Scott Galloway and lots of great Lots guests. of tequila. Thanks so much. Lots of tequila. And tequila. <laughs> I guess. Tequila. I don't know. What do they drink? Exactly.
0: Rum? Whatever. Scott, <laughs> yeah. Scott with liquor. They drink a lot there. Scott with and a special more, cocktail yeah. will be there.
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds like an amazing event. The first of its kind, probably not the last so go check it out. It's at voxmediaevents.com slash pivot MIA. Thanks again to Kara. Thank you, Nick for doing the edits uh, and turning this around quickly. Thank you to Red Circle for hosting and selling the ads. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. We will be back next Wednesday with the show about CRISPR and other technology that there's a lot of optimism around. Uh, Trevor Martin, who's the CEO of Mammoth Bioscience, is going to be here with us. So For all the talk about how journalists are too pessimistic about tech, a heck of a lot of optimism to end this one. And so we hope that keeps you going and that you're here for the next one. Thanks again, and we'll see you on Wednesday.